You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365 and excited to bring you another fun interview. And actually, this interview is a little bit different uh, of an interview than uh, some of the ones I had in the past because uh, and I'm not sure if Sammy, if you know this, but I think you're the first like person I've met in person that has been on the podcast kind of like okay. after we met in like the Web3 world. A couple of the, the earlier guests I knew uh, from back in the day, but uh, we got to hang out in uh, Miami and I actually actually got to hang out like not actually just like both at the same event but we got to spend some time together uh, yes, but sir. yeah Stanley thanks so much for uh, joining the uh, the podcast uh, let the people know a little bit about you you know Nashville recording artist uh, we'll, we'll we'll tease out your song you also have an NFT collection uh, love a lot of the things you're doing but yeah let the people know a little bit about you and your background yeah absolutely man thank you for having me man it's a, it's a pleasure I, I'll never forget NFT Miami that was a blast Um, Good times. Yes, sir. It was really cool to be back home for, you know, such a full circle event, you know, because, you know, Web3 has been really life changing for me. I've been doing music now for about 12 years in Nashville. Um, I've been doing uh, the solo artist thing for for a hot minute now. You know, been signed to major labels, been dropped by major labels, have written with you know, artists and writers that are now like multi-platinum and, you know, I've been through the whole thing, um, still doing the artist thing. Um, but it all started back in Miami. You know, I'm re- I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, um, lived there my whole life until I moved to Nashville in 2011. Um, and I knew that music was going to be my forever thing. So started doing the artist thing, uh, in 2011 and I've written probably, <laughs> probably like 2000 songs minimum since I moved to Nashville um, and been doing the whole thing. I've toured around the States um, and uh, now we're doing web three. I, I discovered web three last year through one of my best friends from back home. Um, he's actually very, very experienced in the, in the NFT space as well. And uh, he's like, man, I think you're missing out. If you're not putting your music out on the blockchain, man, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. So I took his word for it. And, you know, started doing my research and started diving into Twitter spaces, which is how you and I met. Yep. And, uh, you know, met a lot of incredible people along the way. Um, I learned a lot of cool new things that I never knew before that you wouldn't have been able to learn on YouTube because Twitter spaces is, uh, you know, it's like jumping into a boxing ring. You're in it. You know what I mean? And that's right. like my favorite way to learn is just throw me in the ring and I'll take the punches, you know, and I'll learn as I go. But um, it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. Uh, so yeah, let me, let me jump in there a little bit. Cause I think, so, you know, born and raised in Miami side of the house, um, has music always been in your blood is like that. This has been like when you were a kid, you wanted to be a musician. Give us a little bit of like how that kind of like came to life. Uh, Cause I know you mentioned like drop by labels and the touring side, but like, where did that like kind of love for music start? It's interesting because, uh, growing up, I was, I wasn't very into music, believe it or not. Um, I was really into 
gaming. I was a, you know, it's kind of a geek. I used to play video games with a bunch like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And I used to do tournaments and stuff, believe it or not. And uh, I was just kind of like that, the nerdy kid that nobody used to talk to. But um, but then like I, I realized that, you know, I used to sing. I used to sing a lot going down the hallways, going to class. And a lot of people would go like, whoa, like you're pretty good, bro. And like, I never really thought about it, you know, cause like music wasn't my thing. I, I was just a geeky guy who liked to, you know, play games. But, um, my dad one day was like, Hey, I think you should really take your voice into consideration. You know, like, you know, you should probably do an audition of some sort, like American Idol or the voice or something, give it a shot. And my dad's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll pay for your flights. I'll pay for the hotel. Like, I just want to put you in that situation and see how you behave. And so I went ahead and did it. And, you know, in God's name, we, I made it as far as uh, top 200 in Hollywood. Um, nice. Season of American Idol. Yeah. Wh- which season was that? Which season was that? It was, do you remember Scotty McCurry? Yeah, like, of I course. Was, oh, yes. Like, yeah. The big voice, the big skinny guy with a big voice. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So it was that same season. Him and Lauren Elena were the yep. stars of that season. Um, and I actually got to meet them in Hollywood, which is really, really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I took the shot. I did the auditions, didn't really make it past that round, but it was a learning lesson and it made me aware that, you know, that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, um, I went to university for like three, four months in winter park, Florida, try to get an engineering degree, Ah. but I knew really quick that that wasn't for me. And I dropped myself out of school without telling my family and drove to Nashville. And when my dad called me the next day, he's like, how's school? I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that, were you at full sale? Is that where you were at? Yep, exactly. That, that, my yeah. brother graduated there. So my, my brother went oh, there. No yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. when you said winter park and I've spoken there, uh, actually like six times they brought me back to do, uh, different presentations there in their, their media center. So yeah, my brother got a, a, um, audio video, uh, audio visual, I think degree from, uh, there. I don't know what year he graduated. He's, he's young. I mean, you're younger than me too, but yeah, he's younger. That's, a, I mean, that's a cool school. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that a school like, I mean, that is for like a performing arts school, but then you left there and moved to Nashville and, you, and you've been in Nashville ever since, I guess. Is that the, is that where you're at today? Yeah. So the f- funny story on how I ended up on in, in Nashville. Um, so I didn't I didn't grow up on country music, but I decided to do country music because of the American Idol auditions. I felt like country was the genre that like always kind of did a little better than all the other ones. You know, so I'm like, you know what? I'm Hispanic. I'm Cuban. Like I could always do bilingual country songs like that could be a cool little route to take to kind of be different on the show, you know, cause they always want a, a narrative. Right. They always want a cool, sh- a cool story to tell. So that was kind of like my story going in. And then, um, when I moved to Nashville, the, it was interesting because what I did prior to moving was, do you remember in CD, when you open a CD box, there's a little booklet. Oh like, yeah. You see all the credits of all the songs, the lyrics, the engineers, the producers, yep. all that stuff. So my crazy ass thought it'd be it'd be smart to take all the the first and last names from all the people involved in my favorite albums like Keith Urban or Rascal Flatts, and I would go on Facebook and just look for these people. <laughs> no and kidding. I would just add them like relentlessly. I just go, oh, this looks legit. Add, 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 and so I added like probably hundreds of producers, engineers, and songwriters, and I would create one template one message with a copy paste ability where I can go, Hey, I'm Sammy. I'm an aspiring Latino country artist. Here's my link to some of my demos. Let me know what you think. And if, if I should move to Nashville, let me know. And I just, 
copy paste, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste until like one or two fish like bit the line, you know? And, uh, I was very fortunate to have met one of the actually one of the first producers, writers that believed in Keith Urban. And he saw something in, in, in the demos that I sent him or in the message. And he's like, Hey man, I like what you're doing. I don't think your songs are there but that could always be fixed. When you move to Nashville, we could always write you some new songs, but I do think you have a cool voice. You should move to Nashville. And that was enough for me to pack up my bags, expel myself from school and just go straight to Nashville. Wow. So, I mean, I, I mean, I think you've been, I mean, just that's proof you've been a hustler since day one, right? Like you kind of like, and I, and I like that you, you kind of identified, you know, country music as a, as a place like in the competition side. Right. And then you kind of leaned into it um, from there. And I even think like you and I had interacted on spaces a while ago before I'd actually heard you sing. And I, I just, in our interactions, I actually didn't expect you to be singing country music. Right. And, uh, and I'm one that I, I like to consider myself. Like I love every single genre of music, yeah. uh, big country fan. I've, I've seen, you know, Rascal Flatts and, and Keith Urban. I been to a lot of, uh, of country concerts, but I also, you know, like just about pretty much every, uh, musical genre, but you know, you've done some, uh, so on Twitter spaces, you've done a lot of, uh, like request style. And I was always yeah. impressed. Like, you know, when it was like, you know, I, I, I like, it was like an Alabama, or like fishing in the dark or something yeah. that was like a, a country song. And you know, I was like, Ooh, look at, listen to that part come out. But, um, yeah. so I think, that, I think that, you know, it's cool that, you know, from like the fact of being, you know, being always kind of hustling and really kind of trying to seize the opportunities, right. Seizing opportunities at idle, getting out of school, dropping in, uh, jumping into Nashville. And so uh, we're, we'll kind of bring that back to life, but like from right now where you're at now, like you're, you've kind of leaned into web three pretty heavily. You have your own NFT collection. Uh, you have a song, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about the origin of that song as well. That is really, you know, all about this space. You know, you said a friend kind of turned you onto the space. What was your like kind of first impression as a, as a, an artist, but also as a musician, because I haven't, I haven't been able to interact with a lot of musicians here on the platform and the ones that I've tried to introduce they've kind of looked at it and almost like laughed, even though I showed them what like ape, uh, you know, production, ape in productions was doing and showed them some of the musical ones. So what was your yeah. first impression of kind of the NFT space as a, you know, as a musician, man, uh, when I first came in, I, I came in blind, man. I, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that my friend was uh, very passionate in the space and he had already been an investor in several collections I didn't come in with the mentality of like, I'm going to immediately like tap into my music. I came in with the mentality of like, I love art. I've always wanted to, you know, tap into that, that space myself. Um, and to know that like, I could meet other cool people that are also like, that also share similar interests, you know, by just investing in, in, in an NFT, in a, in a JPEG or an NFT, like, sign me up. So I started doing my research. I, I got some crypto mores of, uh, uh, early on. I got a humanoid, I got an apocalyptic ape and, you know, thankfully Twitter spaces was a thing at the time. Right. Right. Because, because I know that NFTs have been a thing for way longer than Twitter spaces have been a thing. Um, but I came in right when Twitter spaces was like hot and ready and I was able to invest in these collections and immediately jump into a Twitter space and be like, Hey guys, I'm Sammy. I just bought one of your NFTs. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I love you guys. And I want to be part of your family. I want to just like meet all you guys. You guys are all really cool. And then along the way, people were like, Oh, it's, I saw your bio. You're a musician. And so I'm like, yeah, I do music, whatever. 
And they're like, well, sing us a song. Right. And so that became kind of the thing. Like it became a thing where like people were like, it became a daily thing. Like I just, they were expecting me to be in the space at a certain time. And after every hour or every two hours, they'd be like, all right, we need a break. Everybody get up, stretch, drink some water. Sammy, sing a song. Yep. You know, which is so, like, that's, I mean, that's kind of how I, I, I mean, I've, I've, there's been plenty of that. And I, I mean, that timing's a big piece of that. Right. And I also think like your ability to kind of turn that on, but also, I, you know, for the, the listeners, like, and, and I, and I, you know, it doesn't have to be even be a musician. Right. I think the idea of like joining a collection, finding people like that have that similar values, but then figuring out what you can add, you know, like, I mean, yes. I, I've been joking. Like there, there's a friend of mine that is a, a chef that, that she should be in this space. Like she just, I mean, she has recipes all out of the book and she's like one that like, she loves when people throw her like ingredients they have in the kitchen and she'll, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know how many like NFT communities would kill for that? Like in the discords mm-hmm. and like, uh, and you yeah. did that, right? Like you kind of like were kind of embraced yourself on that side. How long into that, like kind of like collecting and kind of inserting yourself, did you start to be like, Hey, this is something that I could launch my own collection, or is that something like you kind of clicked on, but then you were like, "I'm going to collect first. How did that kind of that aha happen? So it, it happened like I'd say maybe two or three months in. Um, I didn't again. I, I just came in because I was lit- legitimately passionate about art and like just collections and stuff. But it wasn't until like two months in, I was in an apocalyptic ape space, and somebody from the community was like, "Hey, look." you're with a bunch of like DGENs. You're with a bunch of web three, like enthusiasts that spend hours and hours and hours, just like spending crypto and flipping and NFT. They, you should write a song with the lingo, with, with the terminology, with the glossary of web three. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me, let me put my, my uh, songwriter to the test, you know? So <laughs> I grabbed my little ukulele that I had next to me uh, in that very moment. And I started coming up with little guitar licks and I went on Google and I literally put Web3 glossary and I, looked, and I studied all the terminology like bullish, bearish, uh, crypto, everything, everything. And I found a I found a good set of words that felt cool together and I kind of puzzled them into the melody. And I got on a Twitter space the next day and said, all right, guys, you guys challenge me. And here's the result. And so that's Metagirl. That wow! Was, that, that was, yeah, that was literally that's, medical. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, that I mean that that's like, like born on the blockchain, right? I think literally, literally <laughs> born on the blockchain. Yeah, that is such a you know. And you mentioned earlier, you know, you've written you know two thousand plus songs. Like that's a big piece of your like from a from a songwriter perspective. Like you know, your ability to kind of see kind of you know the way that you want to compose something, bring something together. And I'm speaking as if like, I, I have zero knowledge in this, like in that space, I've never written a song myself, my, myself, I can't sing, but I, I appreciate the craft so much. I'm curious from like that, like that idea of you kind of like building the narrative and kind of putting the song together. It's kind of what we're kind of doing in web three with, with NFTs in a way, right? Where a lot of people are throwing, like figuring out utility, how it adds on. And I mean, and the fact you could do that in 24 hours, like, what would you say is like your, like, what is the skill set that you kind of like lean into that lets you create songs, but also kind of lets you be that like creative freedom that you have? Is there something that like jumps out at you that you've maybe either embraced someone like instilled in you when you were younger? I'm just curious from a, a creative's perspective. Man, that's a good question. Um, it's funny because like I tell my my uh, collaborators all the time, you know, because in Nashville, people are very used to like, let's book a session at 10 a.m. 
you know, <laughs> right. and it's an every it's an everyday thing. Like they literally wake up, go to a studio, write a song and they're out. But I've never necessarily been a fan of that um, because at that point you're kind of forcing creativity um, because, you know, I've even talked to some of my friends who write twice a day because it's part of the grind here in town. And they just, they're like, we're bur- I'm burnt out, bro. I don't have any ideas, but I keep writing these songs. And I, my first response is how shit is that song? How bad is, how bad is that song? Like, right. you're, you're not, you're not putting your heart into it because you're burnt out. You're not focused. So I was, I I've been, and still am so in love with the concept of web three that everything just flowed. It just poured out. Like I, I would say like, I only like to create when I like legitimately feel some sort of passion or love for something. Um, and in that very moment I was given a gift from above and I, I captured it, you know, I was able to capture it in that moment because sometimes like I've been in situations where I have a good melody or a good idea. And because I didn't capture it in that moment, I lost it. And then I don't remember it and it's gone forever. But I was very blessed to have caught this one and it's legitimately changed my life in under like in, in a matter of months. So, so I'm curious, you know, from you, you mentioned, you know, signing with labels, touring, um, you know, streaming, you know, having the streaming services, a lot of us don't really understand that world of it. Right. We see like millions of streams. We see, you know, songs. And of course, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Swifty and I'm not ashamed to admit. Uh, hey, and yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and like, I mean, such an amazing, talented, you know, songwriter, also what she does from a personal brand and social media. And then even what she's doing to kind of shed light on like just the, you know, atrocity that exists in like who owns, you know, her music collection and how she kind of brought a lot of that to life. But I'm curious, like from your world, right? Like what web three, like I, I preach this a lot, but you're one that's living what I'm, <laughs> I'm preaching. So I think it's such an important like uh, construct here is like, you know, the idea that like, Hey, you as a creator can control some of these variables. Now, that sounds beautiful, but you and I talked, I mean, we talked, we walked around Miami between parties one night. I feel like we walked like, like seven miles, but you and I talked about everything from like art creation to utility to which type of blockchains. And like, you've been leaning in there, but before like that web three, were you kind of like, what was your, like, were you consider yourself like an independent artist at that time? Like, how were you thinking about things? Like, as far as like, Monetiz- paying bills, monetization, and getting your your songs heard. How are you doing that pre Web three? And then, like, what has shifted to what you're doing right now? Man, you, you want to know something crazy? Is that before Web three, I wasn't even dependent on my music earnings. That's how little I was earning as a musician. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely blunt with you. I mean, I, like, I would say as of September of September of October of 2021, I was like averaging maybe 1500 a month on my streaming, like just streams. So yeah, that, that covers rent that covers my, my, my bills, you know, my groceries, this and that, but that's it. Like literally like I'm breaking even on like my living expenses. Um, but I wouldn't depend on it. I, it was just kind of like a, uh, a safety net, you know, for, for my everyday expenses, which is really nice. Um, but aside from that, I couldn't really do anything else. I couldn't travel. I couldn't treat myself to nice clothes or nice shoes, you know, like I'm very tight, you know, very tight. And then on top of that, like making songs and making videos and going on tour and all that stuff is not, is not cheap. It's very expensive. Um, so every, and then I got introduced to web three and, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with dropping this, uh, you know, this stat on the, on the show, but 
I've made more on this first collection than I've made on Spotify in the past seven years in one project. Wow. So like in my head, I'm like, wow, this is working like this is, but but I'm also not like going and buying a Lambo because that's (laughs) because I was, my dad's an entrepreneur. He would literally cut my head off if I did that. Um, but I'm being very smart with it. I'm like, cool. We have this much money now in our hands. How do I take this and multiply it? How do I create better videos? How do I create better tour experiences? How do I create better music? Better, you know, how do I present myself in a better light as an independent artist? Um, so not, it, not only has it offered me, you know, given me the, the, the money to be able to do that, but it's also offered me the resources to take my music to a whole nother level. And I think that part of it, I mean, I, I just, I mean, I got a little bit of chills there for a minute, right? Because I think, you know, there is kind of like the, you know, hey, the, there's the streaming side, right? And there's a lot of artists that would kill to have the $1,500 a month coming in from the streaming, right? So oh, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, I, I mean, would never take that away from anybody. That's a blessing in itself. Right. Which I, which I could tell and like, and knowing you like, and getting to know you even more when you're in Miami, like, like, I love how you like appreciate that side of it. Right. And it's, you know, kind of, it's built into kind of the roots, but there's also something really interesting from a consumption perspective. And you and I were talking a little bit about it before, but like, you know, digitally, like, Hey, I follow you on, on Spotify. I stream your music in a way like that's, you know, like I, I mean, I grew up, you know, I, I DJed at a skating rink. I remember every Tuesday morning waiting outside the mall to open at 11 AM to get the Tuesday drops of whatever songs I needed on the CDs. Oh, I remember that. oh yeah. And like, those were the date. Right. And I remember we'd buy an $18 CD for one, <laughs> one song of like the 18 yep. that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And like at the time, like I remember, I mean, I still have, I showed my daughters like this poor, my, my book of CDs and like they were laughing cause they were like, why, why did music come in that format? And you're like, well, let me, let me explain that whole thing. But you know, if we think about it from like, you know, I went from that to, I went to college and Napster came out and I always say like Napster was really my first entrepreneur job that I ever had. I, I was selling, I was burning CDs out of my dorm room and people would pay me 15 bucks. I'd give them a Winamp skin. I would put a, I'd actually put the label on the outside of the yeah. CD, you know, LimeWire and Napster. Yeah, I remember uh, that, yeah. But then, then it was kind of like exposed in like, wow, we are shortcutting the artist, the musician, but in a weird way, streaming kind of came in and we kind of felt like, Hey, nine ninety nine or whatever we pay, you know, per month for like Spotify or Pandora or Apple music, whatever you're listening yeah. to on. But something dawned on me and it might've been something that you and I were talking about, or was another musician as well was like, there's a lot of musicians that have, you know, contributed to clubhouse rooms that I've been a part of. A lot of musicians that I've uh, I've watched, you know, listened to in virtual events, especially over the COVID period, where these events would hire these musicians to come in, and never once did it like dawn on me that I should be like tipping or I should find a way like to Venmo. And I'm just speaking from like, and I am like a huge fan of supporting the artists. I want to go out of my way to you know kind of make that happen. And even with Twitter, you know, Twitter allows tipping in there. There's something that feels very transactional in that ability, but like there hasn't been like any musician that I've discovered on Twitter spaces or really in the NFT space, I've tried my best to buy their NFT because it's like, it's like almost like we're kind of almost going back to those days of like, not only can I own something of yours, but I now actually feel like I have visual representation that I support you, right? Like, much like those CDs. Like I, I, I opened the, like, I remember I opened the, the CD book and it opened up to like an arrested development was like the CD that popped up, nice. which is like, I mean, as old school and like bone thugs and harmony was below it. And it was arrested yes. development um, yeah. above it. Right. And like, 
the beauty to me of like that was like that was ownership. And for those that are like trying to wrap their head around NFTs, like I look at it from like 1999 until now, like ownership of, of like music and relationship and really that like direct support of artists really only came when we went to live shows. And I, and I do go to a, a lot of live shows, but let's face it. We also know that like it's the headliner that's getting, getting, you know, that cut you know, from that piece. So uh, talk a little bit about, so, you know, you talk about the, you know, apocalyptic apes kind of like, kind of like, aha, you know, you have the art and you dropped an NFT, but like from a music NFT, I, I can almost guarantee 99% of people listening to our podcast have never owned a, even a music NFT or even have the idea of what that is. Right. And the beauty of this is that it can come in all forms, right? We've, we've seen recently in the news, um, some artists that are doing NFT only for their entire album, some that are doing uh, per song. You know, the first one that I bought was that Apen Productions with uh, Timberland. Talk yeah. a little bit about like, okay, once you had the aha, now you're like, okay, what is this going to look like? What were your thoughts on kind of like that first kind of rolling that out? And what does it look like for those that own your NFT? And and for those listening, we do own, uh, you know, a Meta Girl uh, NFT yes, as sir. part of our, our collection with Mint365. Yes. So yeah, set that up for us. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, you know, for coming in, I was very, you know, I was very uh, like interested in finding a way to like uh, transfer over my Web2 creations into Web3 and seeing like what's the best way to like roll it out. Um, and like, you know, with with analyzing how art in the NFT space is embraced, I figured I'm like, well, how cool would it be to attach a really cool piece of art you know, that is inspired by me and my songwritings, you know, and my melodies and attaching a full song to it. And then from that point on, treating that NFT as like a, a VIP pass to my music journey moving forward. So like when I start doing shows in real life, you know, like, let's say there's three people in Texas that have my NFT. Well, guess what? Those three people now have, they get to cut the line. They get to go ahead in the venue five minutes before the general audience is allowed to. And if the general audience gets mad, well, why didn't they buy the NFT? Right. You know? And so like, that's kind of the mentality of like the fan club experience is now is back and it's better than ever. Um, and the cool thing is that in, in blockchain technology is that back in the day, fan clubs were mainly like meet and greets and like, you know, physical like posters and stuff like that but that's it yep now on the blockchain you can do both you could do physical you could do digital you could do discounts you can do uh, unreleased content that you can only in like only experience if you're an owner of that nft which is why i'm i'm currently creating a token gated sec a website uh, yep. a section of my website where all the Genesis holders will be able to enter this section where there's going to be iPhone recordings of when I was first mumbling meta girl, like in my shower, like, Oh, this is a good metal, a uh, good melody. And I said, I'm mumbling it into my phone. Like you'll be able to hear that in that, in this section of the website. Um, you'll be able to see photos of like when I was an Indian style on my bed, like just playing the song and figuring out the lyrics like things like that, you know, like the behind the scenes that people don't normally get to experience. I'm going to be putting that in that section of the website. And I, and I do see other artists doing that down the road. It's, it's allowing the, the connection between the artist and the fan to strengthen more than it ever has. So, 
And I, you know, and I think for like me, you know, I, and you and I talked about this as well. Like, I mean, I joined Dave Matthews Band Warehouse in 2005. Like, I went and looked. The, I actually went and looked earlier today, and like my membership is 2005. And wow. the beauty is, I mean, that's a long life, a long time, you know, and, and, I, and I, you know, my ex-wife was a massive fan of Dave Matthews. We've seen Dave Matthews in concert well over 70 times in person. Wow. Like, yeah, like that's, that's <laughs> the fans that we were. But the funny yeah. thing about it is, you know, 2005, you know, definitely, you know, Dave Matthews was established, but as they grew... I will say like my like my my 2005 membership really doesn't get me anything more than the fact that I still get early discounts on tickets. I get a little bit of discount on merch. I've never really got I, like as the band became successful, I didn't there wasn't any like additional value that I got or like coming on the road or like that like I mean for me like imagine if I had the NFT of like the posters that I bought. Like I mean we we have posters upon posters of these um, yep. of these NFT, uh, you know, of these different uh, venue events that we went to, but even like the idea that I would have, like, I mean, the NFT of one of the first, I think the warehouse started in 2003. So like I was the second year that, that, uh, that entire fan club, um, even was created. So I love that you're kind of looking at it at like the fan club side, but you know, you and I also talked, you know, you know, I have a coin on rally. I, I hopefully we're going to kind of get you into, yeah. into that door. Yeah. And then you also talked about like, you know, there is like this tug of war on like, how do I how do I give access and utility to like my audience, but also like like should I remove the songs off of all public streaming places so where the only place someone can get it is if they hold the NFT? But then of course like that's that creator development of like I want to I want my what my gift is to share with the world, right? But you also want to kind of talk a little bit about like how you're kind of thinking it, and then the other piece that I just want people to understand is like there are so many moving parts to this NFT space from a musician and, and you're doing it as like a team of one, like just to put this out there for perspective. So like for me, like for artists that are out there, like the need to have a team is essential. And the fact that you like, you've gone all in because there isn't others that you can just kind of like lean on. And I have a feeling over, you know, the next many months, a lot of what I look at is like people coming to Sammy. I mean, like Sammy, give me the blueprint. Like, let me hire you to help like build the blueprint of what you're, you're doing. But I'm curious, talk a little bit about like that dilemma you are in as a musician, because you like want to gate it, but you want to share it with the world. You still want to stream it. Cause like you shouldn't be have to cut off the revenue that you've been building for seven years. While at the same time you're like, Hey, I'm making more money now than I did over that seven years. Talk a little bit about that part of this. Man, you know, it's, it's, that's a really good way to put it. Um, you know, cause a lot of people have asked me, I'm like, Oh, so is Spotify done for you? Are you done with web two? And the answer is no, I'm not done with web two because I've put in years into, you know, building that, that platform. Um, and so what I'm think what I'm doing, um, is saying, Hey, I'm dropping all these songs on web two, but, but what if I told you that there's one song right now that you haven't heard that you might love that's actually changed my life. And it's actually like, you know, allowed me to provide you guys with all the content that I, you know, I wasn't able to before. And by you're going to be able to listen to it and own it. Like if you buy my NFT. Um, and so some people have been very confused on, you know, or even scared because of the word crypto. Right. Um, the word crypto is, is one that I actually do not use in onboarding conversation. Um, I, I say digital currency. Right. Uh, because crypto just sounds scary. It sounds cryptic. It's just like it has like a, a scary sound to it. 
um, as a songwriter, I hear words in certain ways and right. that word actually scares me when I hear it. Um, so I try to make it as easy listening and, uh, accessible as possible. Um, I've, I've even done it where somebody will go, like somebody will literally Venmo me the price of the Ven of the NFT. Like they'll just send me like whatever, 80 bucks, 90 bucks. And then I'll go buy the crypto myself. I'll right. take the, I'll do the process on my phone so that they don't feel like they're stepping into a territory. I'll, I'll step in the territory for them. It's almost like when you cross the, the river and you right. do it first, you'll be, Oh, I'll cross first. And then I'll show you how to do it. You take the, you know, you, yeah. you sacrifice yourself first and then they're going to go, Oh, this is actually easier than I thought. And then boom, they, they, they cross the river. They made it to the other side and they're like, damn, this is cool. I'm on the other side. What do we do now? You know? Yep. So, so that's kind of the way that I've been doing it. I don't ditch my web two people. I still feed them. I provide them content. I provide them videos and music, but then I still like dabble it in there. I'm like, Hey, look, just so you know, I'm also doing this. And if you're interested, just DM me and I'll hit you back. And which is a thing that I never did before. I never DM'd people back, like just having everyday conversation like that. Right. And now I'm having everyday conversation with my investors, my fans, my supporters. I know them on a, on a personal, on a personal level. I know what, what, you know, what they do for work, where they live, you know, all that stuff. I love that because it's, it's the best metadata you can ever get. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. You're, you're learning your fan. You're giving them exactly what they want. I mean, and you're getting that instant feedback. And, and I will say like, you know, you and I, when we were talking, I think we, we were walking around Miami, like I just was throwing out ideas. And, and I will say like, I'm going to put this out there. You know, I, we've had a lot of guests, you know, this is, this will be episode, I believe like 156, 157 of the podcast. I haven't asked a single guest that we've had ahead of time uh, of all the guests we've already had that I wanted them to come back, but I want you to come back before we, we reach the one year mark, because I, the way that I, I just, you know, not only from your, as a talent, but your commitment to the space, I think it's gonna be a pretty cool story for those that are going to be able to hear your music, be able to buy the NFT, but then also what other doors are going to open for you as an artist, also for other artists. Because I, when I, when you and I were talking, like the idea of like access to you is often like for us that are musically challenged or artistically challenged is like oh, yeah. part of it, right? Like, so like part of it would be even like, you know, the idea that behind, you know, gated or even like, you know, a discord or on a website, we're able to get access to like the, the, you know, Hey, here's a picture of like the song I'm outlining right now. And it's a photo that you wouldn't really put out publicly, but you would, you know, you're giving that kind of access, right? Here's yeah. like, here's a little AMA after I came off of a live show. You know, I, I like to say like, even like, you know, as a Dave Matthews band fan, like I've bought like the live tracks albums. Like I've, I've streamed them from like the, the, you know, Dave Matthews has like a massive cult following of people that will like bring these massive like audio antennas to like capture live music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he used to fight against it. And then he eventually embraced it. Like I used to listen to all those live and I would still buy the live tracks, ones that were composed, you know, for them in that, in that, um, you know, kind of piece of it. But I even think like that part of you as an artist, right? Like, Hey, here's a couple of the clips of me doing these, you know, this song, but in these four different locations or in four different stages, or, you know, I, you know, this, you know, even like from, we talked about, you know, uh, New York, uh, hopefully we'll be out there for NFT, uh, NYC, but like even just like that exposure. And then I also think it's that rapport, right? Like, I mean, I love that I own your NFT, right? We have one for the collection. I have one, uh, for my personal bag. And I think like, to me, like, it's not only a membership, but it's like, I get to come along on the journey with you. And 
you know, even if it's, you know, extension of songs, right? Like, hey, this was the this was the four minute one that streamed on, on Spotify. Here's the 10 minute version of that song where you're really going to hear me jamming out or you're going to hear you know me adding yeah. in a, a cloud. I think I think those opportunities for musicians, especially musicians like yourself, that, you know, you're leaning into all these like think about that from like all the songs that you've written that you maybe were like, hey, I'm not going to put it out to the public. The idea that you can kind of put it out to your biggest fans and you know, might discover one that you're like, I didn't think that was one that people were going to like, but they are. I mean, I think there's the possibilities for like artists that are willing to go all in like you have, I think are endless. Well, imagine like, imagine Drake, for example, with all the fans he has, imagine him having a, a collection of like 300, right? Yep. And he, he says, Hey, I'm going to show those three, only those 300 people. I am going to show them a snippet of all the songs moving forward that I'm thinking about putting out and getting their thoughts. And based on their reaction, I am going to choose the song I put out like that is dope. I could have a say I'm one of 300 to have a say in what Drake's next move is. That is utility. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's that access that we all crave from an artist. Exactly. And so, you know, not everybody's going to be that much of a mega fan. I'm I'm going to just put it out there, but the fact that it's an ability, uh, something that you can do, some, an, it'll be an ability like that's that's huge, you know. Um, and when it comes to like the concept of NFTs, people think it's a it's one thing. And the thing about NFTs is that it, it's many things. Right. And that's what there's that's what I feel like people are struggling with understanding is that, you know, it's a digital asset that can be molded like clay to whatever you want it to be. You know, um, in my situation, when people buy my NFT, they're not buying it for like the utility that comes with the NFT. They're buying it because they're taking a chance on a human with a music dream that has the potential of becoming something bigger than what I am now. Um, it's more like you're taking a, a bet, like you're placing a bet on me early on. You know what I'm saying? Um, with the, and also like building a trust that I am going to provide you guys with the experience that I say I'm going to give you guys. Um but that's one of the reasons why I'm doing it is because I've always wanted to do it and I finally get a chance to. And so um, I'm, I feel like creatively I've never been able to breathe more than I've more than I've ever have than in web theory. So. Oh man. I mean like that, you know, and even if you think back at your origin, right. American idol, if we think about American idol, I mean, it became a show that like was, you know, I mean, Ryan Seacrest and them all, they produced it. It became like a, but like for me, like those early years, American idol, was like we got access to this undiscovered talent, right? Like every single time, I've seen Carrie Underwood a couple of times live. And like, for me, I was like, I I grew up with her. Like I remember her audition like on that show, right? And like, think about, I mean, from an NFT perspective, it's no longer about like getting picked by Fox because they want this this group. It's like, hey, put it out to my super fans. And it has a little bit of like, chance the rapper type element of like soundcloud mm-hmm. being you know like the discovery mechanism but let's also face it like even on soundcloud there wasn't an ownership or like that like hey yeah. i'm buying in like i remember when chance the rapper and soundcloud like i was heavily involved with like live video and doing some stuff with soundcloud at the time and i remember being like you know like every single day having like the notifications on but mm-hmm. i don't i don't like own any representation of that i don't have like any like physical piece and like for those that are listening to like 
like you said, the options are endless. Like I own the the ape in one from um, Timberland. I played it in one of my podcast episodes because in the IP rights, it says that I can use it in any form or fashion that I want. Like how cool is it that for me as a podcaster, I'm playing legally a Timberland song in my in my podcast because of how yeah. they outline. Now that I know they've had to adjust like their IP rights for for future songs. I think only like that first Timberland release is the one that's going to be like that position. But like for me as a podcaster, that's like I mean it's such a cool feeling to know that like I not only am I supporting this artist, but I can include this artist's talent you know, in my podcast and, and not feel like I'm, you know, I'm using, you know, you know, copyrighted material or not, you know, kind of, uh, attribution. I, I'm curious from, you know, and I, I think we're going to get a little meta, we're going to do a little meta girl here, um, for, for the audience so they can listen to the, uh, you hear, you know, listen to you sing the song. Um, but I, I'm curious, like from, you know, we're, we're going to bring you back on closer to the end of the project. Let's say like October. I would love to have you back on if you're up for it. Yeah, um, please, and like, just kind of talk about like, you know, the journey from not only NFTs, but like, other musicians because I, I feel like you know in in this space we have like these ebbs and flows and this trends and like we start to see certain like kind of groundswells and i think we're still kind of waiting on that the the musician uh groundswell but it, i mean i think that's how early you are right like you are you're where bored apes were when everyone wishes they were bored apes for musicians i think you are at that spot still right we are at that like that still that early you know piece and even if you just go into OpenSea or Solana and search like you, you know musical NFTs. The ones that are out there is like there there seems to be a lot, but if you actually drill into what's out there, there's not a, there's not enough, and there's not enough people kind of looking at it. So I'm yeah. curious, like you know, you, you talked about the access to the fans, but it, we also have to kind of keep it real. Like you're putting a ton of time. I mean, you you and I we were talking about like the uh, I was giving you some ideas on like uh, on the like the smart contract piece, and you're like. Yeah, you're going to have to like break that down because I'm the one implementing it. And like for me, there was a little bit of like, well, wait a second. Like the power of Web3 as we move should be that creators can do what creators do best, which is yourself writing songs, putting them out to the world, giving access to your fans. From a standpoint of all the things that you've had to do, what has been like the, the either like the hardest to learn or the thing that's like pushed you the most from either like a tech side or like a web three side to kind of get this out to the world, because there's a lot of musicians that are listening to this and they're like, man, I would love to have what, you know, Sammy's doing, but yeah. they, they kind of want the easy button, right? Like where do I click the, like post my NFT with my music smart contract. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what, what would you say is like been the thing that has been the thing you've either had to spend the most time with or the thing that like people just need to understand when it comes to what you've been building. I think technology is the number one hurdle that I had to overcome. Um, you know, despite being like very, like, I I feel like I'm pretty tech savvy, you know, I'm very, you know, I I love learning new, you know, devices and technology and all kinds of stuff. But, um, how do I say it? Like, how do I word it? Okay. So when I, when I dove into Twitter spaces initially, I knew that there was a lot of things that I was very unaware about, such as smart contracts, such as coding, um, website UI, UX, like all that kind of stuff, like the website creator slash designer, you know, Um, there's a lot of moving pieces. Like you said earlier, I had to not only become a better people person and learn how to trust certain people that I had never met. In, in real life. Right. Like, I mean, a lot of the people that helped me put this project together, I had never met in real life. I met them through Twitter spaces just because I spent a certain amount of hours with them and said, 
I'm cool with you. You seem like a nice person. You seem very smart and very good at what you do. Let's give it a shot. And so I literally put together a, a small little team to, to launch the project. But then once it was launched, it was just kind of like all in my hands at that point. Um, but that was the most difficult part was finding the, pe- the, the trustworthy people to take my baby, my vision which is very volatile if you think about it, because it could have gone to shit and it could have ruined and tarnished my name for forever. Right. Because this space, like if something goes wrong and it, and it hurts everybody's investments, it could be considered a rug pull. And the last thing I need is rug pull to be connected with my artist name. Right. You know? So I took a huge chance now that I'm looking back at it and in God's name, it, it went exactly how I, how I dreamed. And, you know, it taught me a lot of things. Um, I'm still learning. If anybody says they're an expert in this space, they're lying. <laughs> True. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest hurdle is technology and onboarding people that you meet online. <laughs> and I, you know, and I want to give a shout out to bunny buddies, um, Ari and Mitch. Um, that's a project that we of course concluded in the project. They were, uh, we had Ari on the podcast. We'll have both of them on um, soon, that. but I love they were all in with you and every time that they would spotlight you as an artist and let you take the, you know, like their stage with their pre-launch, they made sure everyone knew who you were, that you were working on an NFT project. And I, and I just want to like, for, we have a lot of people that I know that are listening that want to create their own NFT project. And one of the things they ask about is like, how do I build community and how do I you know show people that I care? And I will say like, it taught me, I hadn't thought about like, Hey, I should bring in, musical talent into some of like the spaces and 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 you know discord that we're that we are creating and and i will you know i will say like in our discord now we have uh you know carter uh who does like he does dj and put music on and people can you know co-work but i will say like shout out to bunny buddies to to um you know there's a there was a, a bunch of projects eventually like as i started following you that you were getting pulled up on and like those projects that are highlighting amplifying you know, artists are, are, are part of this journey too, right? Because I don't believe, like we might have crossed paths, but like it was because I, I kept going to the spaces and I'm like, man, this Sammy guy that can sing is up there, right? And all of a sudden I was tracking along um, with what you have going on. And I will also say like, that's a commitment, right? Anyone that doesn't understand, like there's some people that probably don't even know what Twitter spaces is from a, like you're sitting around listening to this dialogue, preparing to like put your talent out there when someone says, okay, we're two hours in, it's 11 PM Eastern time. Sammy mm-hmm. sing for us for you know 15 minutes and you never know. It could be two minutes in. Someone's like, Oh, wait a second. One of our founders came up and they'll cut you off. You know, and, and like mm-hmm. you as an artist have to just be committed to showing up. And I, yep. it doesn't surprise me because if you look at your, you know, you went to American Idol, you bet in yourself and drove up to Nashville. Like you're an artist that, you know, for me, not knowing you that well, but knowing you well enough to know, like you're betting, you went all in on yourself, you continue to go all in on yourself. But you're also like, you're putting yourself out there in vulnerable ways, putting yourself out there in like, hey, this is me and this is how I'm doing it. And I just think there's something beautiful about this whole thing that it's provided. And so shout out to the projects that have been amplifying that for the projects that are trying to figure this out. Like let's find ways to bring artists and amplify, you know, co-create, co-collaborate. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are going to jump over there and get uh, the meta girl. So give us the NFT, like give us the deets on the NFT and then uh, hopefully you'll hit us with the song. Yeah, absolutely. So meta girl is my first music NFT that I dropped on February 25th of this year. We've been minting uh, almost about two months now um, and uh, just, you know, Twitter spaces left and right singing it in any chance that I possibly get. Um, 
but the the song was born on Twitter Spaces, like we said earlier, born on the blockchain. And uh, I uh, reached out to a good friend of mine. His name is Hattie, the creator. He is a the very talented artist from the Apocalyptic Apes. Um, him and I got really close with initially being an investor in their collection. And he reached out and said his daughter was a huge fan of my music. And so I was very, very happy about that. And I immediately was like, well, just so you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. So how cool would it be to collab on something? Maybe you can design the single art for Metagirl. And so he went out of the out of his way and designed the 2D heart that you guys see uh, on the display image on the NFT. Um, I'm just very happy that I was able to collab with Hattie because he is, in my opinion, one of the best artists in the NFT space. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, we did that. And then I collabed with a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Raspy Arts. If you guys go on Twitter, his name's at, at Raspy Arts. He's a young 3D, 3D designer from the UK. And uh, I pretty much provided him with the image that Hattie had drawn for me. And he made it a 3D rendition. Um, I kind of gave him the vision of how I wanted the heart to be displayed in the laboratory. And um, he pretty much made an eight second 3D animation of that heart pumping. And we attached the full song, the full Metal Girl song to that NFT. Um, and now it's exclusively on the blockchain. If you guys want to hear it, it's exclusively on the blockchain. So, Which is cool. When we were all sitting around eating sushi, I... I I'm the one I pulled it up. I pulled out my MetaMask and I was playing it directly from uh, my phone, which is like cool. And that like ownership side, right? Like that is, there's something really uh, yeah. neat of that. And I also love that you shared, like we didn't touch that before, like, like the artist part, like you were a collector of the NFTs that opened some, the doors that allowed a lot of this to happen. Right. So for artists mm-hmm. that are out there, you know, this, and, and I mean, really artists, you know, pretty much anyone that has a, a creative talent, like part of the beauty of this is if you are committed and invest in other communities now that you know, they probably have nothing to do with like the, the, the music that you might be creating, but yeah. they are going to open up doors to, you know, artists, smart contract writers, 3d animators, um, yeah. and even those that can you know amplify. And let's face it, a couple projects with 10,000 holders that they can, you know, spotlight your music that can, you know, shed a couple thousand people to buy your NFT and now you're, you know, you're not re- relying solely on the, on like the streaming rights um, as a whole. So I, I mean, I love the whole story. I love this whole piece. So, I mean, really cool. I, I, I just love the too. It's like, it's definitely born on the blockchain, right? I think that's something um, that not many people can say. And I think we'll probably see it a lot more later. Yeah, man, absolutely. And uh, we're, we actually just announced that we're going to be, because initially the collection was supposed to be 3501. Um, the one being the only one of one in the entire collection, which has not been minted actually. Um, but, uh, we actually decided to chop down the collection as of today to 1500. We have, we have the, the entire collection, um, to create more scarcity for the Genesis holders. And from a musician's standpoint, as you know, music is cranked out nowadays. Like every two, three weeks, you get a new song, you right. know, spot, you're, we're cranking out songs on Spotify and on social media. Um, so I'm trying to adapt the creation of an NFT to the same way that I would, uh, uh treat me releasing music on, in web two, nice. like every two, three weeks I had to do another, another song and another song, and another song. So I'm trying to figure out how I can kind of treat my NFT, you know, process the same way without taking value away from the Genesis holders. So we made it where for every digital heart, uh, being the nft for every digital heart you own from the genesis collection you're going to get a free mint of the next music nft that i put out for a new song called pixelated 
which I'm really excited about. You know, sweet. All right. So, you, which one are you going to give it to us? You're going to do Meta Girl. Uh, is that what we're going to get? Uh, if that's the one you want, that's the one you're going to get. Let's do it. I like it. I, I like it. So, I'll give you. Uh, yeah, center stage. Excited for this. Uh, we'll put all the you know for all those that are listening. We'll put all the links, uh, show notes. I love that you have the collection. That means you know there. You better jump on there. Of course, the beauty of NFTs is you can get the secondary market, but get a chance to mint one of those one of ones. Um, we'll put the links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, Sammy, over to you. All right. Well, this is uh, this is Meta Girl. You guys can uh, hear this right from the from, from the luxury of your wallet once you uh, mint the Meta Girl heart. Uh, we got some on secondary as well. If y'all want to check it out, Meta Girl, Sammy Ariaga, the digital hearts. So hope you guys like it. This is Meta Girl. Spinning all of my theory, all made her my one on one real quick. A digital heart, yeah, she got it in a while and flow going up while I'm over heat falling. I love a meta girl, I love a meta girl. Yeah. My skate from reality, virtual fantasy, prettiest mint I ever seen. Yeah, she burning my battery, love what she do to me. Got a smash stuck behind a screen, how to stay around the blockchain. Can't believe that she my baby. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Cause I don't wanna go back, don't wanna go back. I love a meta girl, sound the metaverse. She pulled me out of earth like this. She got me spinning on my Ethereum, made her my one on one real quick. A digital heart, yeah, she got it in a while. And flow going up while I'm over here falling. I love a meta girl, I love a meta girl, yeah. We tell each other GM every morning. I never felt like this. No derivative. Pull the song is love and how it's going. You bet that I'm going to show the hottest thing around the blockchain. Can't believe it's she my baby. She got me giving up my seed phrase. No, I ain't going to go back. Don't want to go back. I love a meta girl. It's how the metaverse. She pulled me out of earth like this. She got me spent on my theory, made her my one on one real quick. My digital heart, yeah, she got it in a while. And flow going up while I'm over here falling. I love a meta girl. I love a meta girl. Mm. Uh, yeah, I love a meta girl. I love a meta girl. <laughs> Man, chills. Love it, my man. You are crazy talented. I mean, on the fly for those that are are listening now that you know recorded uh you know just for all those in the you know listen to the podcast. You know, Sammy, thanks, man. It, it's uh it's cool that we got to you know meet on Twitter Spaces, connect in Miami, and now you know build a friendship and uh excited to go on the journey with you, my friend. I think there's uh I know uh there's big things ahead and and for all those listeners, you know, I think this is this is those parts where you're going to tell your kids, you know, years from now, like, hey, I'm, I, I started, you know, figuring out how to ways that we can, you know, get back in, support artists, uh, you know, be on the journey with them. And uh, yeah, Sammy, thanks so much for, for joining us today. This is a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for having me, brother. It's a huge blessing. And uh, I'm very, very humbled to be part of the 365, man. Appreciate oh, yeah. You. 
Oh yeah, and that's the, and I will also say like you are our our first uh you know music NFT a part of it as yes. well, right? Oh. So yeah, that's uh it's really cool to have you um in part of the collection and you know for all of our listeners too, I you know I usually like to kind of end with a you know kind of my own little uh kind of send off, but I just the song was too good. I was jamming along here. Uh so we'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh make sure you check out Sammy. Make sure you're following him on on Twitter. I I've said this before, you know, that Sammy's singing like, uh, you know, he was taking requests a couple nights in a row and he put me to sleep multiple nights. So before we ever met in person, I told him, I was like, I just had Twitter spaces playing and I wake up in the morning and I was like, why is my phone on my pillow? And it was because Sammy was jamming out and, uh, and I, I owed you enough for that, but, uh, it's super cool to have you. And, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, until tomorrow, make it a great one. Cheers. Ah.